I'm Rebecca. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Hello. Oh. Hi. It's me. <laughs> Do we sound nice and crisp? Well, Re- <laughs> Rebecca, you sound very crisp. <laughs> We're trying to sound more like Allie. Oh, should I? <laughs> <laughs> you sound like the kid from Hey Arnold that stands behind Helga. <laughs> Every night when I'm scrolling on TikTok, I always get scared because I'll come across one of those live, like the ASMR live people. And it's just like these weirdos tapping a microphone and it really freaks me out and I don't like it. And if TikTok, if you're listening, I'd like you to stop it. So what you're saying is we should do an ASMR episode. No, it hurts my soul. Oh, you don't like those? I kind of, I like the slime ones. Oh, no. It helps Ooh. my anxiety. No, I don't like that. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like that's the last sound I would want to hear. I don't know why. I feel like a sudden calmness. <laughs> like when it makes like the farting. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That feels so nice for my chest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. Okay. Off to a um, great start. <clears throat> I'm silly today. (laughs) Thursday and we're getting a blizzard tomorrow. I hope so. Yeah, I want an excuse to not leave my house. I mean, I don't leave my house, but just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I feel guilty because all week I'm sitting here anyway, working. (laughs) We're just like real pieces of shit, honestly. We are solving crimes. And the best part about having COVID was like, I can't leave my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't my choice. Yeah. That's what everyone's been saying. They're like, yeah, I had it. It sucked, but I got out of a lot of things. Yeah. I don't even get out of it. No one invites me to do anything. <laughs> Just sit in my apartment by myself. There's nothing to do. It's January. Actually, it's 10 yeah. degrees. Actually, it was really convenient when I had COVID because nobody <laughs> invited me to do anything those days anyway. <laughs> So it wasn't like I didn't have friends. It was like, nothing changed. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Okay. Enough of of my depressing life. Let's reel this back in, shall we? (laughs) Yeah, because this shit isn't depressing at all. (laughs) Oh god, we are messes. Take take it away. Reel in the giggles. Action. (laughs) So. I know I told you guys last week what I was thinking about doing, but I changed my mind <laughs> again. <laughs> I feel like I do this every week. You're allowed. You're allowed. Um, I am going to do another mysterious death. <gasps> I know. I was going to try to switch it up because Rebecca switched it up, but then <laughs> I was looking for something <laughs> and I remembered this one. So we're going to go for it. Okay. So I can't really imagine what this poor woman went through in her final moments. And it's been nearly 17 years oh, no. since this family has gone without real answers and justice. And I can't even imagine being in their shoes. This week, I'm going to tell you about the death of Lavina Johnson. Uh, I don't know this one. You don't? No. Oh, my Do I? I feel I- like you might. I feel like you might once I start talking about it. Okay, so we're going to start at the beginning because, you know, I like to talk about their lives and that they were 
real people and not just a crime that was committed against them. I'm gonna cry though. I hate it's fair. It's that. very sad. <laughs> um, Composure. So Lavina Johnson was born July 27th, 1985 in Missouri to parents John and Linda Johnson. And that's part of the reason why this one stays with me because that's my birthday. And when I first <gasps> read about it, it makes me like feel like, closer to her. Yeah, it hits home more when like it you does. have stuff related, like in relation with them. So yeah, yeah. yeah. She was the fourth child born into the close-knit Johnson family and was described as a good, quiet baby. As she grew, Lavina showed promises of a bright future. At four years old, she began singing the church choir. Her family said that whenever there were holiday services, Lavina would stay up and practice every night until she memorized her part. She would even make sure the whole family was up and ready for church every Sunday morning. Aww. Which, like, at four years old, I can't yeah. imagine doing that. <laughs> yep. Um, when she was in first grade, she made the honor roll and continued to stay on it for her time in elementary school, junior high, and high school. Wow. Yeah. In fifth grade, her science project won honors all the way to the state level. Wow. She took up the violin, began running track, and joined a number of other school activities, including hosting some of her own. She continued to participate in many extracurricular activities once she entered junior high, which eventually earned her a certificate of recognition from Congressman William Lacey Clay. By the time she entered high school, Lavina clearly had an amazing reputation and was well-liked by her peers, only ever having good things to say about all of them. She remained close with her parents and siblings as well and was always seen attending school events with her family. Eventually, she came to realize she wanted to attend college and set three major goals for her future. She wanted to attend college and major in performing arts. Her father, John, had written many fiction novels, and her goal was to see them be made into movies. Oh, that's yeah. so wholesome. Right? Yeah, like she's, she's very smart, super promising future, yeah. beautiful girl, has so much going for her. I already don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her second goal was to form a family music and movie company after graduating college. In addition to Lavina playing the violin, her siblings were also musically inclined. Her sister began playing the flute at a young age. Her brothers were both interested in music and her oldest brother had written over 30 songs. I'm just picturing like the um, Brady Bunch when they do yeah. like all the music. <laughs> Yes. I was thinking of what's that other one where they're all like in the, the partridge bus. family. Yes. <laughs> um, and then her other major goal was to continue to make a difference in the world through her volunteer work and commitment to community activities. She makes me feel like a real bad yes. person. Yes. Like, same. What an amazing yeah. individual. Okay. So upon setting these goals, Lavina came to the conclusion that she would probably need to attend college on the West Coast. She then realized her parents would need to pay for both her and her sister to attend college at the same time. So she began to think of other options and the path that she chose would end up changing both her and her family's lives forever. Her father had previously served in the US military and decided to follow in his footsteps instead of going to college right away, which is, I think I read online, that's what her dad did he went to 
into the military first so he could pay for college. School, yeah. 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 Um, although her family objected, Lavina convinced them it was a good idea. She would be able to do something good for her country, which she had been practicing her whole life and save up her money for college. So as good families do, they supported her decision. Ugh. <laughs> she didn't go into the military. Could you like just imagine her I life? I would love to see her musical family group. Yeah, she could. Oh, I think I know. I think I know this one now. Yeah. So in May 2004, Lavina graduated high school as an honor roll student. In September, she enrolled into the U.S. Army. For eight weeks, she attended basic training at Fort Jackson in South Carolina, and she was such a good role model in her training that at her graduation ceremony, her drill sergeants told her family that she was often used as an example for both female and male soldiers. Wow. Yeah. So in May, 2005, Lavina was assigned to a battalion and was deployed to Iraq. She worked in the communications building and stayed in consistent communication with her family through letters, emails, and calls. Her father said that she did call almost every day. The last conversation she had with her parents was on July 17, 2005. Lavina called with the good news that it sounded like she was going to be home in time for Christmas and asked them to wait to decorate the tree until she got there. Her mother recalled that she was her usual happy self during the phone call and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. She's just so wholesome. Like, I know. What kind of person says that to their family? Like, the I, perfect person. I know. Yeah. Like, please wait to decorate the tree till I get there. Like, so she's sweet. so sweet. A couple days later, on the early morning of July 19, 2005, John and Linda Johnson were woken up by a soldier on their front porch. Oh, no. The soldier proceeded to tell the concerned parents that Lavina had died in a self-inflicted wound. When Lavina's father asked if he meant it was suicide, the soldier told him that her death was still being investigated. The possibility of a suicide struck her family as unusual, especially given their last conversation. At the time of her death, Lavina was only in Iraq for six weeks. So it was like, you said it was the night before they talked to her or like a day before? I think they literally two days before. So July 17th. And then she was found like the morning of July 19th in Iraq. So then they got back there at 7.30 to tell. As the U.S. Army Criminal Investigation Command began their investigation, Lavina's parents began getting a clear picture of what happened to their child. Lavina typically got off of work around 4 or 5 p.m. And after work that day, she missed her physical training appointment. The army proceeded to claim that she met up with a male soldier and hung out with him for around four hours in his room. They went shopping. They went to the shopping area together to pick up a few things before they went their separate ways. At 1.20 a.m., her body was found fully clothed in a contractor's tent in a pool of blood with her hand covering her face. Next to her body was an M16 rifle and some scattered papers. So they were saying that she... She, when she missed physical th- training, whatever, 
it was like she just skipped it to go hang yeah. out with this guy. Yeah, she skipped it to hang out with this guy or something, I guess. They yeah, were sound, sounds a lot like something she would do. Right, mm-hmm. the model soldier for yeah. the young women. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Not not sauce at all. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't okay. get any better. <laughs> <laughs> so the army quickly ruled her death a suicide. They claimed that she was upset that her boyfriend of two months had broken up with her and burned letters from him before killing herself with the rifle. They also said that there was reports of her telling fellow soldiers that she was depressed and had spoken of killing herself. Super convenient. (laughs) Like, okay. It wasn't until the army recommended that the family had a closed casket for their daughter that the Johnson family saw many discrepancies with the army story because they insisted on having an open casket. Yeah. The family. Yeah. They wa- I guess they wanted to, you know, say, say their goodbyes their good- yeah. and see her one last time. Did, did the army tell the family like not to ever, like having an open casket is one thing, but did they advise the family not to look at the body in general? Yeah. Like I would be interested to know if like they had to do an ID or like were allowed yeah. to see her. Yeah. I don't know if they were allowed to see her before. I think that because I read one article where like her, I think it was her sister, like, I guess saw her for the first time, like in the casket and was like, what did they do to her? Mm. So like, I don't think they really saw her before at all until she was home. Mm. So, um, So it wasn't until the army recommended that the family had a closed casket for their daughter that the Johnson family saw many discrepancies with the army story. They wanted an open casket to say their goodbyes. Lavina's nose was clearly broken and her lips were cut. And the only sign of a gunshot wound was to the left side of her head. And I think I read that it was like a little bit above her eye, but the army had told them that she had shot herself in the mouth. Hmm. The entry wound also looked like it came from a nine millimeter gun and not an M16 rifle like the army suggested. This is something someone with a background in the military, like her father, John, would be able to recognize. Mm-hmm. Additionally, Lavina's gloves were glued to her hands, which was unusual and what? not protocol. Yeah. No clue what that's about where was the gunshot wound was it like in her temple or like over her I, eye? from what i was reading it sounded like it was like literally above her eye like somewhere in the forehead yeah mm-hmm. i couldn't tell if it was like it came like it was here and then it went out the other side but it was like it sounded like it was a weird position yeah because i'm just thinking like do we know if she was left or right-handed i'm gonna get to that oh okay <laughs> Rebecca the investigator. I know. She's going to solve it. Okay. Eventually, John was able to get his hands on his daughter's autopsy report, and the story only gets stranger from there. The autopsy report showed that no rape kit was done. Love it. No fingernail scrapings were ever taken, despite the suspicious circumstances. Well, how can they if she's got gloves glued to her hands? I don't know if they did that like there or if they did that like they definitely did it there. They did it there to cover it up. They did it well. Convinced. So it was at this point that 
Lavina's family decided to hire their own criminal investigator to take a look at the case. After months of contacting the army for case documents regarding their daughter, they were finally given everything they asked for, including original color crime scene photos. Good. The, fo- the photos show that Lavina had damage to her face that seemed like it would be consistent with someone who had hit her with a blunt force object. There were bruises and scratches on the upper part of her torso. Her nose was clearly broken and she had a black eye and loose teeth. <gasps> there was even plastic surgery performed at one point to repair her broken nose. The images also showed that a corrosive chemical had been poured onto her genitals and which seemed to be a last ditch effort to cover up DNA evidence that could have been left from a sexual assault. They found (laughs) the gunshot wound was inconsistent with the suicide. John even said that he had a hard time believing that five foot one Lavina was capable of pulling the trigger of a rifle at that angle due to her stature. But they didn't do a rape kit or the fingernails. No, because I mean, because ac- acid on your crotch is so normal for someone yes. who commits suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case if the acid wasn't good enough and gluing her gloves to her hands. Right. They yep. just decided not to do a rape kit or check for DNA under fingernails. Yep. Mm-hmm. At one point, I don't even know what this means. At one point, her dad was given a quote, rough sketch of the crime scene as well. I guess this was before he could get his hands on like the documentation and the photos and stuff. And it showed that there was a cot in between Lavina and the rifle. What? Well, how could we even like, like a sketch? Sure. But like, how can we even take the army's word for it of what the crime scene even looked like? Because it's, who are they going to call if they're out in Iraq? to handle a crime scene they have to do it themselves and if they're covering shit up they can say whatever they want they can stage these photos however they need to like i know there's like kickback right with a gun yeah would it fly that far away if you were holding it i don't know and that's the thing too it's like if they did cover it up wouldn't they try to do a better job at covering it up like that's like a pretty big thing and then on top of that she the rifle was on the left side of her body and she was right-handed okay i just looked up a picture of her and she's holding a rifle and it's like bigger than her it's yeah it's bigger than her yeah mm-hmm. so i don't like this one bit yeah she was shown in the sketch, she was shown lying face up, lying on her back, and then her right arm was also like covering her head. That's... So, like, I don't know if someone like moved her. Yes, that's what happened. You know they, what I mean? Like they, they probably, just like after they killed her, they put her hand over her face so they couldn't yeah. see her face and feel yeah. bad well, about it. That's the thing it. is, like, they if bad. they're trying to say that, like, like if someone covered it up. Wouldn't they do a better job? But like, if they're trying to say she committed suicide, why, why would she be found like this? I don't know. I'm just so confused by the whole thing. Yeah, it does not make sense. Um, an aerosol can was also located near the window of the tent because apparently that's where she was lighting these letters on fire. I don't really know. 
And then there was something about her leg, like being singed. I don't really know how accurate that was. It was kind of just like thrown in there. Yeah. Oh, we talked um, about all our other body parts. Let's throw in a leg. Yeah. Oh my God. It, it keeps going. Like <laughs> the army claimed they didn't do a rape kit because it, there wasn't evidence of a struggle. Oh, that's nice. And this is like a direct quote from an article that I just like, they didn't do a rape kit because there wasn't evidence of a struggle, even though there had been no suicide note, no recovered bullet, no significant gunshot residue on her hands there. And there was a trail of blood outside her tent. And the army still claimed she was just depressed and unstable and stood by their decision oh I'm so sad and mad oh, all God. over again Allie <laughs> yes I get heated I'm sweating <laughs> no um the Johnson family distraught obviously tried to get the help of mainstream media CBS even ended up paying for the second autopsy so in 2007 I think they said um she was brought back in And the second autopsy revealed that her neck was broken. And uh, they also found that parts of her tongue, vagina, and anus were removed. Is that normal to do in an autopsy? You take out the organs, like, uh, in your belly, not, like, your tongue. I didn't know that. That, like, that's, like, that's heavy. So the military never noted that in their autopsy report and the Johnsons were never informed of any of that. I mean, I'm almost glad. No parent, like... I mean, they found out eventually, but... Yeah. uh, (sighs) Even though CBS and ABC invested thousands of dollars on autopsies, experts, and more, they never ran the story. Some reports even... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For what reason? Well, some reports even said that um, a popular magazine was threatened that if they ran the story, the military would no longer buy ad space from them. So maybe um, something along those lines. I don't know. Well, that is disgusting. Yeah. I don't know. There have been obviously numerous petitions with thousands of signatures to call for the reopening of Levina's case to no avail. The army has continued to stand by their findings and the chief of public affairs for the criminal investigation command, Christopher Gray said that her death was quote unquote, a tragic suicide. No one has ever been held accountable for the death of Levina Johnson. John Johnson has been fighting for answers on his daughter's death for almost 17 years he's done numerous interviews talked to the army the press independent studies all in the fight for justice there was a documentary about lavina and her family struggles released in 2010 called lavina johnson the silent truth he says his wife lets him speak for the family because she can't do the interviews he said i'm a fighter she's a loving person and that was her baby oh yeah lavina was the first woman soldier, the first black woman soldier to die while serving in Iraq or Afghanistan. Stop that. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just like so sad because I don't know, like my brother is in the military, right? He was in the army 
and he joined same as her 18 years old and like you know you're taking that risk going overseas and like doing that career but to go over there risk so much and sacrifice so much time with like your loved ones and stuff to just like not even die doing like your job or like yeah not that it like makes sense would, but like yeah. the risk no, of, yeah. shouldn't be your own people exactly yeah. right yeah you guys should be in it together supporting each other because you're all going through the same shit to that and point, i don't get it did they talk to anybody else that was like what is it a baton like i'm not sure like what her group of people is called over there but like probably yeah like did what like everybody in the unit couldn't have been in on what happened like did they talk to other people like in her unit? someone I, someone knows something but, yeah well absolutely. i mean obviously the people that did this to her know something but like yeah. it's just like why wouldn't you talk to all of the people that were there with her to see if anybody knew anything yeah well i mean if they're capable of silencing giant news sources just imagine how yeah that's very true to a bunch right. of that's also the one thing like having a brother in the military like made me realize like when I was young I always thought like the military are like adults and they're you know they're children yeah they are children I mean a lot of them are older and like make a career but like the I would think the majority of the people are you know like her age signing up yeah they went to prom a year ago yeah and (laughs) And they're they're just signing up and they're just signing up so they can get money to go to college so they can start their real lives yeah like it's it's such like oh it's it's such a heartbreaking thing that like she wanted to go to college so bad and the only way she could ever go and afford it was to put herself in the army pay off her debt to the country so she could go to college and six weeks into iraq her own people take that away from yeah. her. I just right. have so much respect for people who join the military. And like, yeah. I think there's so much that they sacrifice that we don't even realize and go through yeah. and stuff. And then it's just so, so terrible that like she joined with such like pure intentions to yeah. just have like the worst possible yeah. thing happen to her. Yeah. And it not ever like there's, I respect so many people that choose to do that, but I'm not saying, you know, they're all bad I'm saying that like this is like a consistent problem that the military has been having with sexual harassment sexual assault and especially with African-American women like especially Mm -hmm. and and women of color like it's always and it's always covered up and it's also never talked about yeah like I remember when like this case like broke and people were finally like talking about it like I can't even imagine how many more incidents there are that didn't even make yeah. well I am gonna talk about a couple oh jeez. yeah just because I don't I don't want it to be no like she's not the only one that's gone through yeah. it after she did die though she received a lot of military honors okay I thought this was very interesting a year after Lavina's death Tina Priest was found dead in Iraq the army told her mother that Tina killed herself with an M16 rifle. She was also only five feet tall. And Tina's family had their doubts that she was physically able to use a rifle on herself like that. The army claimed Tina was suicidal. But Tina's mother said she was not 
she was angry, not depressed because she had just accused a male soldier of raping her. Wow. So she wasn't depressed about it. She was angry and I think wanted justice. Yeah. She died two weeks after um, telling someone that she was raped. Wow. Mm -hmm. Tina's mother had to jump through the same hoops as Lavina's family did. No one was ever charged in her death. And the charges against the man who was accused of raping her were dropped, even though his sperm was found in her sleeping bag. (gasps) Oh. why were the charges like what were the circumstances of the charges being dropped i guess because she she wasn't there yeah she wasn't there to complain he was he was ordered to pay like seven hundred dollars like a fine yeah yeah in april 2020 the remains of soldier vanessa gein from fort hood were found she was dismembered and burned before her death, Vanessa told her family that she was being sexually harassed by fe- a fellow soldier. Six weeks later, she was dead. What year Hours- was that? 2020. Yeah, this one, this one really it upset me a lot. They dismembered one. her and burned her? Mm-hmm. Wait, but did, did they say it was a suicide? Did she cut off no. all of her limbs <sighs> and burn herself? No. So this happened in Fort Hood. So we were still in the U.S. And I guess they i kind of feel like with this one they realized they couldn't really use the same story you can't use the same story because she was burnt and dismembered yeah and dumped somewhere else so six weeks after she reported being sexual sexually harassed she was dead and hours after her body was found the soldier who was believed to be her killer aaron robinson killed himself the family pushed for change and resolutions for women in the military and with, with Biden eventually signing the I am Vanessa Gein Act, making sexual harassment an offense under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. My brother was at Fort Hood. Oh, sh- yeah. And he, um, do you know what month that was? April. April 2020. So he had just left. He got home in yeah january shut up oh my gosh yeah wow it's a good thing he was gone by then because it was like a zoo like so many people were so many people were getting charged with so much like after that it's crazy violence against women in the military is very common women make up 16 and a half percent of armed services and nearly one in four service women report an experience of sexual assault more than half report experience experience sexual harassment. One big reason troops who are assaulted rarely see justice is how these crimes are investigated and prosecuted. Their military commanders are like kind of like the judge and jury of it. Yeah. And uh, politicians have been fighting and failing for years to like change these laws and update mm-hmm. them. But since Biden has come into office, there has been some like renewed energy I was reading about with support from him and the Pentagon. So here's hoping we see some change in the way these cases are handled and we can see less cases like Lavina's with uh, like a young girl full of promise and their family grasping for answers that they never got. Oh, so sad. Yeah. 
it just kills me this one i know but it's oh. i mean it, it's not it's i'm glad that people are f- finally starting to try to make some changes and it's just unacceptable like these women want to fight for our country and feel safe doing it and have the yeah. support of their male comrades yeah. and they just yeah. can't even feel know. safe around them sometimes I, I think legislation is like great but at the end of the day it starts with teaching your the men yeah. in this country that they need to like be decent people yeah like ugh, it's just I- so heartbreaking that all of this happens to them well I think that was a really hard one to talk it about was. but I yeah. think it was um like good to tell her story and it just needs others to be like her yeah because I feel like it's something like it's one of those things that are happening in our society that's just like not talked about enough and when it is talked about it's like oh my god you can't talk about the military like that it's like yeah. it's okay like not everything it's is perfect, perfect. Yeah. Like, obviously, I know people that were in the military that I loved and genuinely wanted to do better for this country. Some of them just needed it to go to school, too, just like her. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm saying that the military needs to do better for women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's just scary. I know. I just like I just can't believe that poor girls just like go over there to do the right thing. Yeah. Well, that was really good. And um, so are you ready to go next week? I am. I'm excited. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I will say it might hit home or hit a little close to home for one of you. Me. On this call. I'm not telling you which one. Can I? Well, have, you- can we have one more? Okay, it's Rebecca. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know which one it is because... <laughs> You guys live in the same area. I don't. Well, it has nothing to do with our location. It's just something about Rebecca. (gasps) My God. She has something in common with the victims. I'm not. Uh, That's all. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Is her name Rebecca? Maybe. Maybe not. (laughs) I know. I was going to say, I'm not that interesting. So it's got to be something basic. (laughs) Her hair was up in a ponytail. Tune in next week to find out. (laughs) (laughs) okay goodbye bye bye resources for this episode include lavinajohnson.com the la times thesource.com thehueandcry.com time.com wikipedia.com and yahoo.com desk chair